righty. Tonight I just want to bring you. Oh, yes. That's right. If we don't if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out to him. That's a good praise report. You know, many people in here, you don't think you can do something, but you put it in God's hands and you watch how you do it. He'll do it through you. I tell you what, I love to see God working in people's lives. I love to see what God does and how He does it. It's amazing. So I've seen people that, oh, I can't do this. And I, I, I talked to one old boy one time. He said, he was... He was, uh, what was it that he was doing? I, well, I don't even remember now. He said, There's no way I can do this. I don't even know how to do it. I can't afford to have it done. I can't. I said, you got an internet? Oh, yeah. I said, go on that internet. He said, you'd be surprised what it'll show you. But before you go on that internet, you pray to God. Yes, God, you show me how to do this and what to do. And he said he got started. He said, and stuff just come to him that he didn't even know where it come from. And he accomplished what he wanted to do. And he was so amazed and he gave all the credit to God. Because he says, it wasn't me. And I know how hard that David and Curtis and all y'all worked on that house. And God give you the strength to do it. He give you the know-how. He give you the ability. He put people in your life. If you couldn't do something... 
your friend could. So, God is still in the miracle business today. He has not changed. That's what he said, for I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I change not. We're the one that's changed. God is still God, and he always will be. Uh, tonight, what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring you something that uh, many times we don't really think about it. But you know, God has made us some great and wonderful promises to his people. And I, tonight, he has given us promises we can stand on. And God said, I will stand behind my word, and I will do what I say I'll do. And I'm just going to look at two promises that he gave us tonight. And there are probably two of the promises that we need more than any of them. And we have promises on them. What God wants to do, how he'll do it. And, uh, but I just, I just entitled this Promises for the Believer. And it's just going to be two promises. And the first one, and you probably had to do it today. You might have to ask for forgiveness today. I did. We all do. And uh, we'll find that living the Christian life is like beginning to learn to walk all over again. Remember when your children were learning to walk and how they kept stumbling and falling and couldn't walk very good, could they? Well, Mama, Daddy would reach down, get them by the hand, help them up, and they'd keep walking until they got it right. That's kind of how God does us. We stumble sometimes, and we get low. Well, God's got us by the hand. He said, I'm not going to let go of you. I'm going to walk with you. You're going to learn to walk in the way that you should walk. And, uh, but, you know, there's many times, just like that little one, we're going to slip and we're going to fall. We're going to make a mistake. But God's account took that into account. He knows that this body is just flesh. He knows what we're up against. He knows we got an enemy out there, the same enemy he has. And that's Satan. And Satan's going to do everything he can to trip us up, to mess us up, and to turn us from God. That's just like what we was talking about a while ago in John 10, 10. For Satan came only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his only reason here. He doesn't, he doesn't love a single one of you. I don't care how much service you give him. He does not love you. He does not care for you. He wants to see you dead. He doesn't love your children. He wants to see them dead. But you've got somebody that does love you. You've got somebody that cares, and that's the Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. And he said, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you in an abundance. God wants to bless us, and Satan wants to kill us. So we got a problem there. But God's on your side, and God's walking with you. When you stumble and you make a mistake, God understands that. He, you know, many people, well... God probably wouldn't have done what he did in the garden if he knew Adam and Eve were going to fall. God knew they were going to fall before they ever even began. God was already prepared for it. It wasn't a surprise to God. God already knew what was going to take place. And God had already started providing and making the way for man to walk and to come out of the sin that they were going to be in. See, there wasn't no sin until Adam and Eve went against God. 
And they sinned against God. They were the first ones to sin. They brought sin into the world. And from that point on, we have had nothing but problems. Remember when they was in the garden? It was beautiful. Plenty of food. Plenty of everything. Just peace and quiet. They said that God would come down in the cool of the evening and walk and talk with Adam and Eve. And then they messed up. Why did they mess up? Satan came on the scene. You know, he didn't say what he made. You know, he didn't force Eve to eat the apple. What he did was question: Did God really say that you would die? Did He really tell you that? Well, God was talking about a spiritual death. And that moment that Eve and Adam sinned, they were kicked out of the garden. They couldn't even go in there again. Matter of fact, around the tree of knowledge, God even placed an angel with a fiery sword to protect that tree. They could not even go around it. They brought sin in. And, in, and God knows that this sin has dwindled down through the ages. And it's going to keep dwindling down till he comes back. We're all going to fight sin. We're going to be in sin. We're going to have a problem with sin until we reach heaven. When you reach heaven, you'll never see sin again. That's the only time you're going to be free of sin. You know why? Because sin is not allowed in heaven. There will be no sin in heaven. God will not allow it to be there. That's going to be the first time in your whole life that you have been free from any sin. I just wonder what that feels like. It's got to be. It's got to feel good, I know. But like I said, we're going to slip and fall many times, especially in the beginning. The newer Christian, you know, that's one. The, when you're talking to a, to a new Christian or something, you really need to have patience. That new Christian says, boy, I accept Jesus Christ. It is just going to be a cakewalk. No more problems. No more nothing. It's going to be one of the roughest times of your life. That's when Satan is going to hit you the hardest because he wants to get a hold of you before you get grounded in God and his word. And he's going to do everything to uproot you from God's word. So you're going to have a rough time, a new Christian. So that's why we have to have patience. Those that have been in church for a long time, been through this, and you know what these young people are going through. And that's where we got to have patience, understanding that I know what you're going through, but the longer you know God and the better you walk with God, the easier it's going to be. And, uh, but see, the psalmist tells us in Psalms 37:23 says, the Lord delights in the way of the man whose steps he has made firm. Though he stumbles, he will not fall. Oh, you can kind of stumble, but God says that moment you start to fall, I'll get you. I'll hold you. And he, he says he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord is watching over you. When you're walking with Him, remember, God is Father. 
you are child. As you're walking along, just remember, God's walking with you and he's got you by the hand. He knows your weakness. He knows your temptations. He knows what Satan wants to do to you. And he is watching over you because you belong to him. See, when you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Everything about your heart changed. That hard heart become a soft heart. A pliable heart that God can work with. It's not that old hard, stony heart anymore that God can't reach and touch. No, it becomes that soft heart. That heart that God can mold and shape and turn it to Him. See, we should all have that soft, fleshy heart that God can work with. When we get a hard heart and we won't listen to God, we won't listen to His Word, we already know it, that won't work. No, I'm not going to do that. Wrong attitude. God, I can do all things through you who gives me strength. Now, we can do everything through God. See, the goal of Satan is to trip you up and cause you to fall. That's exactly why he came. Because Satan knows that sin spoils our relationship with God. We know that the Bible has told us over and over, for God cannot look upon sin. Sunday, I did a message. The seven last sins of Christ on the cross. When Jesus hung on that cross, Jesus even said to his Father, Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew that God couldn't look at what was going on. At that moment that Jesus asked God that, that is when the sins of the whole world, your sins, my sins, sins to be, was poured out on Jesus. He became the sin bearer. And God had to turn his face from his one and only son because of the sin that was on him. That is the only sin Jesus has ever had on him. Jesus was sinless. He never had sin. The only sin he had was your sin and my sin. And he had that to get rid of it so we could be free. But when God poured that sin out on him, God just simply had to turn his face from him until that sin. When Jesus died on the cross, you know what happened? All that sin died too. That was on Jesus. That sin died. That sin was no more. And for everybody, even the, Jesus, the Messiah, those who would believe in Jesus as being their Messiah, their sin was removed forever. Your sin, when you when you accepted Christ, you have eternal life now in heaven. And God has made a way, which I'll show you here in a minute, to get rid of sin in our life. And we all need to remember and memorize this scripture because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Believe me. Y'all all never sin. No, I ain't, I'm not going to do that. No, not me. What did Peter say? Lord, I'll never leave you. Lord, I'll never desert you. Peter was a strong man, but yet he deserted Jesus. Oh, he came back, but he did something he thought he'd never do. Many of us, oh, I'll never do that. I wouldn't do that. for No way I'd do that. And the next thing you know, 
why did I do that? Satan. He knows your weakness. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But uh, Satan knows, like I said, he knows that, that when he can get us into sin, that spoils our relationship with God. If we don't come to God and confess that sin and get rid of it. Satan wants to keep you in a constant condition of broken fellowship with God. And as long as we stay in that sin, we're in a broken fellowship. And that don't mean God doesn't love you. But you're not as close as you want to be. We have to get rid of that sin. It's like when we're learning, to, you know, it's just like when I was talking about when we was learning to walk. You fell, but you didn't stay down. That's the same way with learning to walk with God. You're going to slip and you're going to fall, but whatever you do, don't you stay down. You get up, and you start walking with God again. No, when you fell, what did you do? You reached and extended your hand out, and your mother or your father got a hold of that and picked you up and put you back on your feet. And that's exactly what God does. When you slip and you fall and you come to Him, He picks you up, and He gets you back on your feet, and He helps you to walk again. When you fall, you reach out to God. And this, this, is one of the, this is the scripture that I want us to learn. I want you to memorize it. Get it into your spirit because you're going to need it. I promise you. Like I said, what, you're going to need it. Because you've got an enemy out there that's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, constantly after you. He doesn't give up. He'll leave you for a time, but he'll come back. And the scripture I want to, to, to read is 1 John 1, 9. And I've said it a number of times. But God put this into his word for us when we do make a mistake. Don't let that mistake turn you away from God. God had abandoned you. He has not turned away from you. But many times we think, and the devil... It's him. He said, well, you might as well just go on back into that world. You might as well just go back and do what you was doing. God can't love you anymore. Look what you just did. But God gave us a scripture that goes right against what Satan just said. Listen to this scripture. If we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and he to cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. When we come to him with a true heart wanting God's forgiveness, God forgives us. We don't go to God and then, oh God, uh, forgive me, just because you got caught doing something. You do it because the Holy Spirit is convicting you. You need to repent. And we've all probably felt that. And sometimes we'll do something we might even not even realize that we did something. But later down the road, just a little bit, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit, if you've got the Holy Spirit, and if you accept you, the Holy Spirit's going to say, uh, excuse me, don't you need to say something to God? You remember when you said those words? You remember when you had that thought that, uh, about that thing? It's time 
to get rid of that. You're still holding on to it. And so if we don't get rid of some sin, you know, there's a lot of people. I don't know if it's any of you or not. But there's a lot of people out there that still has some unconfessed sin in their life. It's, it's, it's not that... It's, it's something they enjoy doing, and they don't want to give it up. But yet, they think they're okay. God says no. You confess all sin. You give it up, you turn from it, and you walk with me. But he has made the way that when we come to him, and we truly, truly want to, and I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will remind you when you do something, if you don't repent, he's going to tell you, you need to repent. And it may come in a way that you don't want to hear. It may come in the form of a punishment of some sort. Or something that God's trying to get your attention. Maybe you're wanting something real bad, but you're not getting it. God says, you don't deserve that. I, would, I could have blessed you with that. But you're not repenting of the sins. you still got sin in your life that you're holding on to that sin. You want the sin more than you want me. And God's not going to do that. God says get rid of all the sin in your life. And then watch what I can do in your life. When we get rid of sin in our life, God can bless us so much. Matter of fact, in the book of Malachi, it tells us, "For God shall open the windows and pour, pour shall open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain." God's got so many blessings He wants to give us. He says, "You don't even have room for them," and I want to bless you like that. Look in Malachi chapter six and read that. For God shall open the windows of heaven and pour blessings out on you that you cannot contain. You don't even have enough room to put all the blessings that God wants to, to give you. So confess your sins. Get rid of them. Because I'm going to just, and I'm going to, I wrote this down because I kind of like this. He says, whenever you have done something that displeases the Lord, as soon as the Spirit of God has made you aware of it, the Holy Spirit, immediately confess it and ask for his forgiveness. You're, something's going to come up and, and you're going to be reminded of that sin and that's the Holy Spirit. When he reminds you of that sin, maybe you did and unintentionally forget it. You got busy doing this and that. But he says you need to get rid of that sin. Get it out of your life. And the Holy Spirit will remind you, uh, don't you need to do something? Don't you have something you need to confess to God? That you said, or you did, or you thought. And when we do confess our sin, we can know for a fact, without a doubt, that God's love and forgiveness has restored our fellowship back. We're back in fellowship with God because we got rid of that sin. We confessed that sin to God and said, God, I made a mistake. God, I messed up. And I came to you, and I've said this before, but I love what David said. He said, and I went before God, 
and I confess my sin, and I held back nothing. He told God everything. Sometimes we want to confess something to God, but we don't want to tell him everything. Tell God everything, because he already knows it anyway. Tell him. Get rid of it. Get back into that fellowship that God created for us through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. So forgiveness is a promise that God said, if, if you will come to me, I will forgive you if you ask with your heart. And the next thing I want to look at here right fast, and we kind of went covered a little bit, victory over temptation. How many in here sometimes you get tempted to do something? But you know it's not right. That's the devil bringing that up. You know, everything that we do that's not in line with God comes from the devil. It comes from the devil. And you know, I'm going to tell you right now, Satan knows your weakness. He knows how to tempt you. He knows where you're weak at, and that's usually where Satan hits you. I'll just put it like this. If you've got a weakness alcohol don't go to the bars don't go around alcohol where you can be tempted stay away from it don't let the temptation get you because they all oh, one little drink won't hurt you no come on it's okay don't worry about it if you had problem with alcohol one little drink it won't stop there I've I've got relatives that has a problem Prayed with him, talked with him. He's trying to get into a rehab right now. And he's going to do it. And he's going to come out clean. But he's got a problem with alcohol. He can't seem to get away. And, and two, what do I do? Move. Get away from all these friends that's dragging you back to where you were. Sometimes we have to get rid of friends. They want to keep taking you back where you came from. Because they're still there. So we come under temptation. And uh, it's important for us to remember that we cannot live the Christian life in our own strength. Too many people, oh, I can live a good life. I, you know, I don't know if I have to go to church. I don't know if I have to read my Bible. No, you don't have to go read the Bible. You don't have to go to church. But that's what God says to do. Because he knows if you stay in this world without his word in you, without the knowledge of his word, without prayer, without the Holy Spirit, you don't stand a chance. You don't. Because Satan is going to be on you so strong. He's going to be tempting you into everything he can. You know, Paul kind of shown us the way to live the Christian life. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says something. It says, this is Paul speaking. He's kind of talking about his own life now, how he changed. You know, Paul was a terrible, terrible person until he had an encounter with God, and God changed him totally. So don't think that God can't change you. God can do anything he wants to do. Paul says, this is how you, 
this here is how you kind of live, how you live the Christian life. You think, I am crucified with Christ. In other words, I have died to my old life. I was crucified with Christ when I accepted Him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He said, it's not me, it's Christ living in me that brings me through these temptations and the things that come against me. It's not my own strength. It's Christ in me or the Holy Spirit. He's, and he says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by my faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is only through Christ that I can live and, and do the Christian walk. He said, without Christ, I'd be no better off than I was. We have to learn to take our eyes off our own weakness. Every one of us have a weakness. Every one of us. We have to learn to take our eyes off our weakness and put our trust in Jesus. Give your weakness to Jesus. He says, when we become weak, he becomes stronger in you. Put your trust in Jesus who is able to help and deliver us in times of weakness or in times of temptation. Like I said, you're all going to be tempted. We're going to be, and, we, and we never know when that temptation is going to arise. Whenever temptation arises, the next time you're tempted, I want to, here's another scripture that you need to, to try to get into your mind, into your heart. It's in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Listen to what Paul is, is, is telling these Corinthians. He's having a lot of problems. He said, he said, There has no temptation come to you, but such as is common to man. I'm the only one that this is happening to. No, it's happening to many, many others. It says, There is no temptation come to you, but which is common to man, which comes on us all. But such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. God knows how much temptation you can stand. He knows your weak point. He knows when you'll fall. He says, Who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape so that you may be able to bear it. God said, I will make a way of escape for you when temptation comes. You know what one of those ways is? It's so simple. When temptation comes, turn and go the other way. Walk away from it. Don't let it sit there and dwell in your mind. Don't let it sit there and tempt you. Get away from the temptation. Don't sit there and let it keep tempting you and tempting you and tempting you. You may sometimes think and feel like, boy, I'm in the only one being tempted. We're all being tempted. Every single one of us. All believers will go through temptation. 
That's the work of Satan. That's the devil's work. The answer to take that temptation to God immediately, it, it has a, before it has a chance to root in. The minute that temptation starts in you, God, I'm being tempted. God's going to say, leave. Don't stand there and be tempted. Leave. But God can deliver us through that temptation. And two, a lot of people have the wrong idea. It says that we need to remember that the temptation itself is not a sin. That's Satan. He's tempting you. He is coming against you. The sin is following through and doing the temptation. When temptation is completed, sin has come. When you fall in and you do that temptation, you complete that temptation, that's when sin has come. It's not, a t- it's not a sin to be tempted. The sin is when you go into that temptation and do it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched or he cannot or can be sympathized with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all ways tempted as we are, yet without sin. When, when Jesus walked this earth, he was tempted in all ways, just like we were. But he never fell for that temptation, and he never sinned. You have not been tempted in any way that Jesus was not tempted. He was tempted, he said, in all ways, all points, just like we are. But he was without sin. He didn't sin. So remember, temptation is not a sin, but following through and completing that temptation, that is the sin. And that's what God sees. You know, as long as you're being tempted and you're not doing it, you're not sinning. But when you feel that temptation, you need to get away from it. God says, I can make a way of escape. I can get you out of it. And really God's saying you need to get yourself out of it. Just turn around, walk away from it, and leave it. Don't hang around temptation. Don't stay where you're tempted. Remember, Jesus was tempted just like we are, but he did not follow through with any temptation. What did Jesus do? How did he keep from falling through? How did he do it? He rejected temptation with the Word of God. And the temptation lifted him. When temptation comes against you, come against it with God's word. One of the ways that Satan tempted Jesus, remember that he had just been baptized in the Jordan River. You know, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, all three of the Godhead were there. Jesus was there, the Holy Spirit was there, and the Father was there. Jesus was being baptized. The Holy Spirit was there in the form of a dove. And they all heard God's voice. This is my beloved Son. Listen to what he says. So all three, the Godhead, was at Jesus' baptism. When Jesus' baptism was over, it said immediately, he went into the desert to be tempted 
by Satan. Satan was waiting on him, and he began to tempt him. It, Jesus had been without food, water, or everything for 40 days and 40 nights. What's the first thing Satan tempted him with? Food. He said, you know, he was trying to, he, it's, it's kind of like Satan was when he came against Eve. He said, did God really say? But Satan did say it like this. He said, if you are the Son of God, if, then take thee and turn these rocks into bread. He said, boy, Jesus will be hungry. He'll do that. And Jesus just looked at Satan and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Three times Satan tempted Jesus. Three times Jesus came against Satan with the word of God. That third time, Satan left. Satan cannot stand or cannot come against the word of God. So when you're tempted... You come against Satan with the Word of God. And one of the words that you can always use, and so easy, says, I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not tempt me with your temptations, for He is my God, my Lord, and my Savior, and only Him will I serve. Satan will leave you. But this here was just three things, forgiveness and temptation. There are many, many promises God has made us to help us walk through this life. If we can get through these two right here, these are two of the biggest steps that we have. Unforgiveness, if we don't ask for forgiveness, and falling into temptation through Satan. Satan is going to come against you. He's going to tempt you in every way. Just remember, if you will confess your sins, God will be faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness when you see them. Remember, you do not have a pie priest that has not been through what you're going through right now in temptations. And he will make a way of escape for you. Say, Lord, this is your word. I'm standing on your word. And I ask you to fulfill that word. Watch what happens. You'll have a peace come over you. Because God is there. Let us go to prayer. Father, thank you for this night. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us about how we can get rid of unforgiveness in our life. And, and, need, and when we need to be forgiven, Lord, how you forgive us. And Lord, when we become tempted by the enemy, you've shown us how we can escape from that temptation and to walk with you and not let you down. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll just instill these things into our hearts. And when the temptation and uh, the test come, Lord, that we will honor your word and do what your word says. That you will deliver us. And, Lord, we thank you for your love, your, all your goodness, and ask that you walk with us and be with us. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And, Lord... Those that are here tonight, I just ask for a very special blessing upon each one of them. Walk with them. Watch over them. Put your hedge protection around them and take care of them. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.